Hi everyone, this is Like Mycelium, a podcast where we hold conversations around the arts in general. And my name is Maria Grand, I'm your host. In continuation, you're going to hear a conversation I had with Maya Karen, who is a young musician I was fortunate enough to mentor in her early years. And we connected again in 2022. And we checked in to see how she was doing, how her creative process was evolving. And she has some very profound insight on what it means to be a creative, what it means to be a musician, and also what it means to be a young person coming of age nowadays in the world we live in. So this is a really beautiful talk. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting my Patreon where the podcasts are posted before they release to anyone else and you can also have access to live recordings of my music essays that i write and also bi-monthly zoom sessions where we consider practices that are very tangible such as transcribing technical aspects of music as well as practices that circle the creative process and the psychophysiological aspects of creativity. The podcast is at patreon.com slash mariakimgrand. And here is the conversation with Maya. Welcome to Like Mycelium, Conversations on the Arts. My name is Maria Grand and I'm very excited today to be speaking with uh, an amazing young musician, Maya Karen. Hi, Maya. Hey, good to be here. So <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to jump in and, and ask right away about What, do you, what, what gives you purpose in your life right now? What is, what is something that gives you a sense of purpose? Yeah. Well, I guess that's, you know, that's, that's kind of like a complicated question. Um, and I feel like there are many different layers to what, to what gives me purpose in life and in music. Um, But I think that there are like several things kind of grounding me um, in, in both of those pursuits, which I feel like, you know, are one and the same of like why I do what I do and why I make music. Um, and I guess, 
I feel like there's both an aspect of, of you know, kind of this, this search for both like pleasure and intuition um, and kind of using music as, as kind of like a, a landscape in which I'm able to kind of like strengthen my intuitive muscle for what what's kind of like guiding me because I do feel that at least I feel like there's this kind of under underlying movement of of energy or, or kind of like I, I don't know I see it kind of as like a river or kind of like a, a watery being um and and I feel like a lot of a lot of living is just kind of strengthening like the focus or clarity of that sense into that into that flow and that movement and then kind of figuring out you know what do I need to do to to be able to follow that because sometimes it's not easy to follow that because it's like you know you 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 have things to do you gotta you know make rent or you gotta you know do your responsibilities and it's not always just like I can you know I can just go wherever I please and like do whatever I want with my time Mm -hmm. but it's kind of I, I feel like music helps me yeah basically it feels like there's a muscle there you know that like I can choose to kind of listen to or not or choose to kind of like work on or not and music for me is kind of working on that Mm. so for me that's kind of intuition and and the pleasure thing too is like and and I think the pleasure thing is also linked to the third thing I'm going to say which is kind of like this act of of dreaming or like imagining alternate ways of 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 being living but but the, the pleasure thing I feel is you know, like I'm sure you've heard of like Audre Lorde uses of the erotic mm-hmm. and, and how Audre Lorde talks about how I think not just feeling pleasure, but 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 kind of taking taking joy and, and kind of like pulling strength from from feeling our from feeling whatever we feel to its deepest kind of extent, whether that's joy or anger or curiosity but especially pleasure, like knowing that, that following what feels good is, is like a radical act. (laughs) Um, I feel like those, those words have really guided me. And, and I've been just thinking a lot about like, I don't know, there's so many forces about what, what we're told to do or what we're told to spend our time thinking about. And I've really been trying to, to just do what feels good, you know, and, and that, that I feel like, you know, will come back. But I also think that the pleasure thing is, is, is crucial to the third thing, which is like, you know, clearly there's so many things that are messed up in the world right now. Like, especially, you know, in, in the U.S., I think, basically, yeah, owing to the fact that the U.S. was founded on slavery and like murdering indigenous people. Um, and so I, I feel like, kind of the only way forward is to be like learning these histories like a lot of which have been you know hidden and 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 a lot of which also like surround the work and resistance of like black folks especially like black queer folks and and I feel like learning these stories and kind of like really just teaching myself about these histories and and trying to learn from them as a way to imagine you know an alternate mode of being and is is one that will you know that will feel better for like for all of us and, and is kind of in, linked with so many other ways that the world is messed up so I feel like I feel like kind of the 
you know, the seed of that is, is finding intuition and pleasure, like within myself as an individual. And then like, kind of with, with those muscles, being able to kind of like bond together in community with people who feel the same way, you know, hopefully to, to kind of spread outward and, and develop this, this more sustainable way of living because how we're living right now is not, is not going to cut it. So I think, I think those three things like intuition, pleasure, and then kind of like world building or dreaming are, mm-hmm. are three of the things that are, yeah, that are grounding me in purpose right now. Wow. It's so beautiful to hear you talk this way because I mean, this is kind of an aside, but I just remember when I met you, you know, you and I, we were both a lot younger. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been so much time and and it's just like, it feels like when I met you, you were, you were really young and now you're like, you know, this, this person who, I don't know how to say this, but I guess when I met you, I felt like you were like a kid, you know? I was a kid. <laughs> but at I the same time, but at the same time, it was like, well, all this cohort in Philly, I, I kind of felt like I was like, okay, I'm trying to teach them, but they already know more than I do. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I don't know. But now to hear you talk about all this, this deep reflection on the world is really beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. Um, yeah and and wow so pleasure intuition and imagining different ways of living and the way you're talking about it like imagining different ways of living is also grounded in in sort of seeing what happened before or what Mm. is happening now right Mm. yeah that's so interesting um like when i um well i go to therapy with this woman and i also study what happens in healing trauma and they say that there's a lot of a lot of release that can happen just simply from mirroring you know that's a that's a trauma release technique it's like you just really look at what happened and you just let it be what it is and from giving it attention it just kind of like slowly just starts to heal itself and to become something else you know so it what you're saying about learning the histories and then letting that you know learning of what happened um, letting that that those events be looking at them and then imagining something new from them you know yeah Yeah. Mm. that is so beautiful and also the part um the part about pleasure So pleasure and following what's good and following your intuition, these things seem to be sort of connected. Yeah. Um, so I have a question. Yeah. For me, I used to dissociate a lot. I don't do it so much anymore, or I can say I know when I do it. Yeah. Um, but like, let's say for a young musician who might not be able to know what feels good to them. Mm. Did you ever go through that process of being like, Oh, I didn't realize this didn't feel good. I didn't feel good playing this or like this or whatever. And then now I want to get more in touch with that. Like, did you ever go through that process? Yeah, totally. And, and I feel like it's, it's hard to, it's, it's not always so easy to be like, oh, I, you know, 
I feel happy now. So I'm going to do this thing. Like it's, it's not at all like this one-to-one thing. Um, and I also think I went through a lot of, a lot of times and moments in my life of kind of like, like pushing through things or kind of being like, Oh, I do want to do this, but, but not really wanting to do them. Mm. And I guess I feel like, yeah, I feel like there were a couple, a couple things that happened that, that really helped me kind of clarify that. And I feel like the first thing was honestly kind of by like chance or luck being exposed to, to like places and people and situations that felt really, really good. And then kind of in comparison, those other things, I was like, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, I don't have to feel bad doing this. Like, you know, yeah, like even, even, you know, when you came and taught at the Kimmel Center at CMP, like, I feel like learning from you was such a different experience than so many of the the learning experiences I had had because it was it was so fun and it was like oh my god like there are all these ways that we could play together like we could play free you know we could we could play like I don't know like it doesn't have to be this scary thing and then I was like oh my gosh if it if it has the possibility to be this then I don't have to like put up with this other thing um Mm -hmm. and I feel too like for example just like playing different kinds of music like I play in this this like rock band at school and and I've been playing so like a lot more songs and learning like folk songs and singing and and I remember feeling like man I I always feel kind of like really I don't know really excited about these shows that I'm playing in this context and I've been feeling like more and more kind of anxious and just like nervous about the shows that I'm playing in a jazz context because I feel like I'm kind of trying to be this image of myself that I don't know if I am that and I feel like I realized I don't have to do those gigs anywhere I can I can just play with my friends and like and and play music that I love but I so I feel like one of the you know one part of kind of understanding what felt good was just being exposed to like more things and kind of being able to compare experiences having a choice yeah and and I mean that's hard because like that's not that's not always available to everyone and and yeah for for either like resource because of resources or like time but I feel like I feel like just having the like having the openness to just like try different things was was really crucial there and and kind of not yeah just like treating treating each opportunity with kind of like yeah with kindness and curiosity Hmm. and then I think the other thing that has also guided me is yeah like is reading Adrian Rue Brown's Pleasure Activism I don't know if you've read this book I've actually not yeah it's it's Adrian Rue Brown is so amazing and and this book is is kind of yeah starting with Audre Lorde and, and it's called like pleasure yeah pleasure activism and talking about using pleasure as like this guiding philosophy but she talks about how like like mindfulness of of your body and and kind of becoming aware of like what different parts of your body feel activated in in different ways so for example Mm -hmm. it's like when I really want to do something or when like a friend says like hey do you want to hang out and and you like really want to hang out then it's like you feel like warmth in your chest or like you feel you know kind of like lightness in your shoulders or something and then maybe another friend says hey do you want to hang out and you kind of notice like "Mm," like kind of like a tightness or like Mm -hmm. you're like I don't really actually want to hang out even though like you know, maybe I feel obligated to for different reasons and kind of like 
just, yeah, becoming really mindful of like how your body naturally reacts to things and, and then kind of like noticing in different parts of your life, like where are you like deeply saying, yes, I want to do this? Where, where are you kind of hesitating? And like, should you listen to that hesitation? Maybe like, cause I feel like for me too, there are moments of, I might hesitate for different reasons, you know, like I might hesitate because my body's saying like, don't do that. That's going to be bad. Or I might hesitate because like, it's an ego thing, you know? And I'm like, I don't want to look bad. And, and kind of also trying to parse through like the different hesitations because, because if it's really like kind of an instinctual gut feeling of, I don't really want to do this, then maybe that's worth listening to. But maybe if it's more of like an anxiety or like an ego thing, then maybe it's trying to like, yeah, kind of let that, let that settle down and then see how I feel. But I feel like there, there has been like a distinct physical practice or like physical mindfulness practice of, of, yeah, just noticing like, how do you feel in your body when, when different choices are kind of like before you or when, when you have maybe different paths to set out? Hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. And that's the opposite of being dissociated. Yeah. Like being in your body, inside of your body and seeing what happens. Um, so you have this song where you say, you say, I'm trying to decode the spirits. What is it? What's the phrase? I think it's, I'm trying to catch the spirits, decipher their coded movements. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I do something a little bit similar, not to, uh, okay, I do something a little bit similar to what you were talking about before, where I feel something in my body that feels good, and it gives me an indication. And when that feeling goes away, it means something is off. Mm. Um, but it sort of feels like, like a watery being also for me. Mm. Um, and it's, it's really interesting when you're talking about this, this like watery being that guides your intuition or you tap into, um, is that what this song is about? Mm. That's interesting. I feel like, <laughs> I was thinking about this recently. I feel like when I write, when I write words for songs or like when I write text that is music, a lot of times it's not, I don't know, like a lot of times it's from like a free write or it's from kind of just sitting down and like putting words there and not really knowing what they mean. Um, so I feel like in this song, in this song, I feel like this was specifically talking about being being very moved or kind of like, finding yeah kind of like finding solace or or just like reflection in in you know the the dappled light that that comes through trees um mm. and and I remember for this for this specific little like little project I had been taking a lot of videos of of this kind of light and I remember writing music to it I was I was trying to actually like mirror the the movements like with with sound and see I don't know kind of I was thinking of it as kind of like 
this language, you know, this language of light through the trees and and trying to decipher those movements. But but I think that the, the rest of the text in that little piece felt very much kind of like, I'm not exactly sure what this means, but it's it, it was just kind of like coming out at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sort of like automatic writing. Yeah, or like stream of consciousness. Yeah, yeah stream of consciousness. Yeah. So yeah, when I met you, you were this really talented pianist. Um, And it just seems like a lot has happened in terms of your music. At the time you were playing great and you were playing like, kind of like straight ahead stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, And it seems like at some point, you just chose to do, to really open up what you were doing also in terms of instruments, because I'm mm-hmm. hearing you play guitar and singing and there's poetry in your music and there's still piano. So is this also like what brings you pleasure? Like, can you talk to me about your process? <laughs> yeah. Just like flipping everything open. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, it's it's so funny to think back of of when you, you know, when you were teaching me <laughs> and when I was like, all right, like I'm gonna be the next Oscar Peterson. Like, <laughs> and I still, you know, I feel like I still have love for that that younger Maya. And I still feel like connected to that, you know, like I feel like jazz, like that, like that kind of music is at the heart of like what I love, you know, Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. but I think also it's been, it has been important to kind of, to, to like try to find, you know, really like what, what I love. Um, And I think, I, I think there were some very, there were a few kind of like, you know, moments of, of, of great shifting or kind of opening that, that happened. And I think, one of those was um, when when Chris Davis she taught at Princeton for a year. She, she was my piano teacher, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I remember walking to the lesson, being like, "Okay, you know, I'm gonna ask her how she how she plays a line over two five ones." Because I was like, when I listen to her music, like I don't hear her playing a line over two five one, but like how then how she how she playing all this stuff? Like you know, I had never I had never been exposed to like I don't know like free music or you know. I, I had never listened to Ornette Coleman. Like I had never listened to Braxton. So like she, she kind of introduced me to this whole lineage of, of, of music kind of coming out of like the black avant-garde or like, like kind of the, the music aligned with like the black radical movement happening in the, mm. you know, in the 60s and 70s. And, and I feel like, I feel like, you know, on one hand, I had never listened to this music and I also started to realize that like this music had its own kind of grips or this music had its own, you know, culture of like, if you're going to play free, like you got to play this way, you know? Mm-hmm. But I feel like what was important about that was learning about the ideas behind it, like improvisation and, and kind of like what it meant to play music or like what it meant to play together. Like, I feel like these ideas were a lot more inviting to me than, than perhaps or I guess also I want to say like 
I feel like straight ahead jazz, whatever that is, like at its core was built on the same ideas, you know? Mm -hmm. But I feel like since then, it's kind of been like filtered in a strange way through like jazz education and all these all these norms about how you're supposed to play. But I feel like at its core, it was about like, yeah, it was like exploring this unknown thing, you know, and about kind of connecting with people and like, and, and all these things we're talking about, but. Like exploring this, this watery being. Exactly. Like it was the same thing, but, but it's like now it's a different time and like, you know, and different people are, are reacting to different things. And so and I feel like that core kernel or like the core idea of, of jazz, like has not, you know, has not stayed with, at least in the way that I was taught it, like has not really stayed with it. But I feel like Chris reminded me of, of all these different ways of thinking about, about playing together. Like I remember she had me and my friend Akiva who plays bass. She was like, okay, we're just going to play long tones and like try to be one sound, like try to listen in that way in which your, your one sound together and and that completely changed my idea of what it meant to like play sound with people it's like you know when, when we play together we're like really touching other people in this intimate way and 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 kind of like there's this type of listening that goes on that's that's like far deeper than than any theoretical thing you know um and so I feel like that fresh that was freshman year of school like freshman year so many things opened up <laughs> mm. Um, and then, yeah, and then I also, that summer, I was able to go to Banff, um, the, the Banff program, and that was also just, like, seeing all these, like, you know, like, Masana Roberts is there, and like, Okyung Lee, and just seeing all these different people and how they make music, and especially seeing, you know, like, non-cis men doing these things, and also, like, you know, non-white people doing these things, like, <clears throat> that was also, I feel really, just really, beautiful and important um and then you know then we have COVID <laughs> and that was kind of like I think also a very drastic shift in when, when did you go to Banff what year I went to Banff I think 2018 it was the last year that it happened I think 2018 wow yeah it was in 2019 oh maybe it was 2019 I kind of forget what's the one before COVID. The yeah, the last one. Before yeah, COVID. yeah, it was 2019. It was 2019 then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so this sense of like of exploring together and touching each other really deeply with the music, um, of creating like an intimate relationship when we play together. Yeah. Is this something that that um? that like you talk about with the people you play with or is this like in terms of community like um do you do you feel that when you share this this understanding the music making changes mm. Mm. that's that's a really good question and I feel like I have been thinking about this question so much like I, I guess, okay, I feel that when, if you're playing with someone and you kind of both have this understanding, like you're seeing this kind of on the same plane, then, then like much more quickly, I feel you're able to reach like a place of, of connection or like a place of, 
of, of like truth or, or beauty or whatever you want to call it, mm. you know, but, but I don't, I don't want to say that that's like the only way. Cause I feel like, you know, like, for example, I feel like, yeah, going back to when, you know, when you were teaching, when you were teaching us in Philly, like I certainly did not see, I, I certainly didn't have this perception, but I feel like, you know, perhaps, perhaps you did. And like playing with you and hearing you play kind of like touch something in me that like, I, I didn't even know I was able to access or like, I didn't even know was there. And, and I feel like, I guess I feel like playing with, like playing with anyone who's, who's kind of willing to give a sense of like a vulnerability and, and kind of openness and curiosity. Like, even if they aren't necessarily like thinking about this, I feel like can, can lead to that, you know, mm. but I feel like there needs to be a level of, yeah, like of kind of like softness and, and like, op not openness in the sense of like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel, I don't know how to describe it. Me, I feel like maybe, you know what I'm saying, but I don't know if I'm, I know what you're it. saying. I know what you're saying. And it's like this, this thing that just, you can't grab. And I feel like in my life, there's been a lot of times where I felt like I was just playing notes and it was just not, yeah. you know, it was just not there. Yeah. And it turns out like that strangely, it feels like I can access that more when I'm like softer, you know, when I'm more in, when I, when I don't really have like a, a hard shell, you know, like when, yeah. when I'm like, okay, this is what it is. Maybe it's going to sound bad or maybe I'm feeling this way, but it just kind of giving this this allowing helps yeah. connect with that but yeah yeah those times in Philly were amazing and and you guys were just I honestly I felt like I was going to receive a lesson every time <laughs> because it was just but it had this sense of community though yeah it really did like there was a vibe in that room where everyone was just doing it together that was really yeah. really beautiful yeah yeah yeah, totally. Those were amazing times. And what about, um, what about like your use of the voice and the yeah. guitar? Like, can you tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that's kind of next in the story of, of, of when things were changing. Which, which I feel like, basically, I mean, I guess also the first thing I was going to say is like, the very first experiences that I had playing music we're basically like singing with my friends and like I I sing in my school's choir and like an, an acapella group and I also would love to just like get together with friends and try to like harmonize pop songs you know like mm -hmm. that was the very that was kind of the very first way that I found that I was playing music with other people you know like far before I was playing piano and like jazz band or whatever um but so just keeping that on the on the on the back burner um I also found that during COVID, you know, COVID was, COVID was very hard for everyone, you know, in, in, including me, but I was finding that I was, well, first of all, I was also living with, with several other musician friends. Um, my friend, okay, Jeff, that helps. yeah, who, who plays guitar and my friend Akiva who plays bass. And so they would just have their instruments like lying around and available, like, you know, bass and guitar. And also as as a little like as roommates we would we would often listen to jeff's music which was mostly like indie and rock music or like 
we were just listening to songs and we would also we started just like playing a lot like playing songs and and kind of playing a bunch of different instruments you know together um and I feel like listening to songs and singing and playing guitar kind of got me through the pandemic in a way that playing piano or like improvising did not you know mm. like it kind of felt like at a moment where where so much was was kind of like falling apart just having yeah like writing writing and singing and, and playing songs was really like what I needed far more than than kind of I don't know it felt like I I was already so like broken open and, and so kind of vulnerable that I was like I can't keep doing this in my music like I need something to hold on to um mm. and, and I and I kind of realized too like like I love this like this is the first way that I loved music and that really means something like like singing and yeah singing <laughs> singing is like <laughs> so deep inside of me as this like embodied way that I that I interact with sound and so I don't know I was I was also just finding like I was kind of again like following this path of what felt what felt right and what was feeling right was to like was to like record myself a bunch of times singing or to like to yeah to like write a little loop on piano that just kind of like repeated but wasn't anything that that complicated and and I feel like recently I'm I'm really excited because I've been I've been writing this music that feels like it's it's it has all of this like it doesn't need to be one or the other like it's it's piano and it kind of has like you know I'm like writing songs that I'm singing with other people with and I also like have been writing guitar parts and stuff but also it's you know it's improvising and it kind of has like the same quality of I don't know making like weird jazz arrangements that I was doing when I was like 15 and 16 with, with Julian and John my friend for the for the podcast people out there <laughs> but I don't know I guess I just feel like I don't want to I don't want to like limit anything like and I just want to like I want to feel a sense of abundance with with what there is to kind of learn from and and love and and to just like to deeply learn about each of these things to not take them lightly but to to just see everything is like if, if you love it then it can come together and like be part of you it's awesome because I remember I just keep going back to that but I remember in Philly when you were 16 you were this excited about you know like just playing straight ahead and like all this stuff and like all these different ways of playing two five ones and all that stuff and and it seems like you've kept this like this excitement you know this way of being so enthused by things and now it just kind of like it just kind of took on this this like bigger thing where where you're using everything yeah. it's it's really it's really cool it's really beautiful um and I've been thinking about that a lot too you know like the the way that the way that this music um, jazz, Black American music, it started off as a communal thing. And me in my own playing, I, I've, um, I've just not known like how to build a community or how to feel like part of the community. And I've been thinking a lot also about the function of music. It's just personal, but I don't really like the idea of playing a concert on stage. 
Yeah. I just, I want something that's more together, you know, yeah. this dichotomy between the audience and the stage and the performance and the people who are watching. Yeah. And um, with what you're saying about playing, singing with your friends when you're a kid and then also doing, you know, arrangements and stuff with, with your friends later on and now using everything and also the music getting you through the pandemic, that's a big deal, you know? Yeah. I have a friend who's a social worker and he was telling me that most people when, they, when they, they're asked, what is your coping mechanism? They say, I listen to music, mm. like a healthy coping mechanism for whatever mental health thing going on. Yeah. So it seems like there's all these ways that music functions and that's something I'm really interested in. You know, what does music mm. do to us? Yeah. Like you're saying, we touch each other intimately when we play and we also, the way that things are shared with audience member, people listening is, is it's an intimate thing. How do you feel about what, how do you see like the alternate ways of being that you were talking about in the beginning? Yeah. How do you see, um, are you happy or are, are you feeling satisfied with the idea of playing concerts? Do you also include this in alternate ways of being, like alternate ways that music can function? Mm. What do you think about, about the function of your music? What do you want the function of your music to be? Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Mm, this is <laughs> yeah this is this is a very deep question as well and I mean I feel like I haven't I haven't thought as much of like what it means to deconstruct the form of, of how we like present our music in terms of like a concert but but I guess just in terms like and that's a whole nother you know you're opening my mind again <laughs> but just in terms of of kind of like gathering in musical spaces yeah like I, I have thought a lot about how I want to like reconstruct those to to embody different yeah different intentions for how I feel I want to move forward and I feel like I feel like okay I guess I feel like a few a few things that I want my music to do I mean most of all like I want I want people who are like playing with me or hearing my music or just kind of involved in 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 this process of like gathering or touching sonically <laughs> to to basically feel like a sense of 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 like fearlessness and and inspiration that that like that we have the tools like we already have what we need to to like a be kind to people and to like to to act differently basically you know like I I also like one one really kind of challenging and, and also beautiful experience I had this year was I was teaching and and leading these conduction workshops at school mm. um, like Butch Morris style conduction um, and and each week it would be maybe you know like four to 15 people like students most of whom or were not, you know, musicians who, who were like people who just wanted to come and play an instrument or like take a pot and a pan and like use that as their instrument. 
Um, and with that, it was like, okay, we got, we got five people with, with a different pot and pan and like, we're going to do a conduction, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and how, how are we going to make this work? And, and every time I felt like, I felt like I, you know, I was kind of taking a risk <laughs> in trying to, in, in basically like upholding the space as something that was like meaningful or, or beautiful. And, and that was going to make this beautiful music. And each time I felt like I was, my faith was renewed in basically this premise that like with, with vulnerability and, and kind of with this attitude towards making music, everyone, like any random person, if, if they kind of have this, has the capacity to like connect with other people and to connect with themselves. And I feel like that's such a powerful thing. Like, you know, we have the power to connect with other people and with ourselves. And, and in that power, we can create enormous change, you know, like, I don't know, I guess, I guess I just feel like that's what I want my music to do. Like, I want people to, to kind of see the warmth or like to feel the warmth in it and to feel the, the kind of the, the slowness and the softness in it. And, and not by softness, I don't mean like volume, you know, I mean, kind of like the, the texture of it. And, oh, yeah, and to, yeah. you know, and to have that inspire them too to like know that they can do that too in whatever way they they need to wow yeah the way you're talking about this I can see all these different applications of music it could be you know problem solving conflict solving you could gather people together to create um you know better bonds actually the other day my son turned two and this is the first time this happened i think yeah i think it's the first time this happened not that he's two it is the first time he's two but we, <laughs> we had <laughs> second birthday <laughs> we had a little birthday party for him and we are a super recomposed family um and it's nice you know like everyone gets gets along we can all be in the same room and and my my father started playing this argentinian rhythm it's called a milonga and then my mom grabbed like the little the little tambourine that somebody gifted my son and my partner was playing like a little toy instrument and I was mm-hmm. improvising a, a right hand um you know thing with my dad mm-hmm. and it felt that this this small moment of music bonded us mm-hmm. you know in a in a in a nice intimate and like you're saying, kind of like tranquil way. I really, I really think that through making music, even as even as a completely non-professional, non-trained, all this stuff, like we actually all music belongs to the human being. You know, we all have the capacity to do that. And where you're talking about this conduction workshop where people just grab an instrument and they play together and with vulnerability, there's something that happens. It just, it it gives me like the idea of what if we just did this? You know, what if human beings just did this more? And, And if you look at it, human beings have done this for a very long time, except for now, the way we live, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about a lot, you know, what you were saying about the history of the United States, how it's been built, you know, on colonization, slavery, 
um, the murdering of indigenous people. And then uh, living here in Europe, I've been sort of looking at the history a little bit and realizing that before there, before there was colonization, basically all of the indigenous practices of Europe were also, you know, just completely assassinated. Um, I mean, it started with the Romans, but then you have the Inquisition, which, mm -hmm. which just kind of like ended with all the spiritual practices that were passed through lineages. Mm -hmm. And, and you can find some little things, you know, I've been looking for the, the language that my grandparents spoke in the Alps, which has been cut, it, it's been lost in a few generations. But, mm -hmm. but I was thinking that part of just being humans and living in a healthy society is making music together, you yeah. know, and, and when this whole thing was, was just done in Europe, it, it just, it bode really bad for the rest. And indeed, you know, the rest was murdering people. Um, mm. So yeah, it's deep, you know, when you think about it, I don't know, I, the way you're talking about it, it gives me hope that through making music, there can be really like human bonds that can be rekindled. Mm. You know, I've thought a lot about like, like whatever, what, what, what impact playing music together actually has, like given that it feels, it feels that time is such a val is like such a resource that is so difficult to come by. And it's like, should I be spending my time, you know, like, like taking part in activism or like, like, like it just feels that when so much material change is needed, sometimes, you know, it's like playing music can be frivolous or, you know, there's that kind of whole argument but I, but I really do believe in like the act of, of playing music, like with real, with, yeah, like with real vulnerability and love. Like, I feel like that is just as important, you know, as all this other work, which is equally important, you know, of, of changing people's material lives um, because of the way that it's like, we all need to remind ourselves of like our connectedness and of our communal connectedness with like with with the world with the earth you know and and I feel like all the other stuff doesn't really matter if like we don't have that sustainable kind of innate realization or knowledge you know because it's like it, those are just short-term problem you know short-term solutions to the greater problem of like you know just our idea of of who we are and how we exist here I guess yeah mm. and so as a as a person who's um yeah who's just entering adulthood in in you know in the united states um what you're saying about who we are and, and how we exist here that's that's like you know that's such a huge deal even me you know as a mom i think about my son i think about whoa 50 years from now you know like I'll be really old or gone, um, you know, I'll be 80 years old. Yeah. Not really old, but I'll have a res respectable age. <laughs> I hope no one who's 80 gets offended. That was not my intention. But, you know, my point is that I'm a generation now who's like, I'm, I'm the sandwich, you know, for mm -hmm. me. Like, I, I have my parents who are, who are older than me, but uh, we're raising a new generation. And in a way, you're also this new generation, you know. Um, so, 
I, I feel from my perspective, the question of what we're doing here and how we're doing it becomes really, has become really pressing. Yeah. How does it feel for you as a young musician? You know, like you're, you have all this, this art and how does it feel for this art to live in society? How does it feel for you to enter this, this society of adults? Yeah. Mm. I feel like there, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of almost absurd because, you know, I feel like the world and society is, is so messed up now, you know, it's like, even in, in this moment, you know, like with, with war and, and legal rights and, and so much violence, it's like, it's, it's almost like unthinkable or like impossible to wrap one's head around. Um, and, and I think with this comes this just, I almost feel like recklessness from, from the younger generation of artists where it's like, we don't, we're not going to listen to like anything, or, you know, maybe not, we're not going to listen, but like, screw what's coming, what people are telling us to do. We're going to do our own thing and like make whatever we want and like do whatever we want. And I feel like, I feel like this is also linked with, you know, a lot of my friends and like communities that I'm in are like, are very queer and also, you know, kind of very loose when it comes to like gender and 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 how we see ourselves like in this framework and are also I think very very like seriously trying to study the histories of what of of what has led to this moment and then how we can kind of like work out of it and I feel like it's yeah I feel like I feel like as a young person we we have all this like responsibility and and consciousness that's needed and also with it just this kind of like everything's so messed up let's do our own thing you know let's let's like kind of break down all these binaries of like what what is and what isn't and and kind of like yeah just make make what we think is beautiful so I feel like I don't know I'm 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 constantly inspired by my friends of this generation and like what they're making and it feels like people are just really doing their own thing you know and are kind of just like finding ways to put together this put together this and to like make a living out of it you know um so yeah I guess I I feel both kind of like I said before just a trepidation about how to sustainably live as an artist and like as an artistic community because I mean I haven't really experienced it yet you know I haven't moved yet so I you know I can't say so much as to like the reality of living in this way but but I feel paired with that trepidation is is a sense of of fearlessness or kind of like yeah, like recklessness, because it's like, what do, what do we have to lose, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you don't feel like, um, like, you know, you feel sort of freed of the idea of what success is supposed to be, especially in terms of, you know, the jazz world, like what success would be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, definitely, because I feel like there are so many ways to, to, you know to be an artist that that also don't necessarily involve like being really famous and like going on all these tours you know like I feel like you can exist in a lot of different spaces and and yeah I guess again like I feel like I have yet to really like I feel like some of these things that I'm talking about or like I'm I'm saying are still kind of like things that 
that seem like seem like they're real, but that I kind of have yet to like fully dive into. But I don't know. I I feel like I feel optimistic about just like trying, you know, trying it out and trying to see what happens and and trying to make, you know, my own way within a community of like younger artists who are trying to do the same thing. Yeah, that gives me hope, honestly, to hear you talking about this like like this because I feel that for me, I always thought, okay, well, this is where. I have to get to this this point of success where I can you know sustain myself through playing shows and go on tour and and that's how things are supposed to be and then when I started touring I didn't I didn't like it because it felt so unsustainable to be on a plane every day it just also my body like I felt like I couldn't keep up you know I I'm someone who needs ground and you just don't get ground when you're on tour in this in this way, you know, where you change cities every day and everything mm. is very regimented. And I felt like I wasn't capable of stopping until COVID yeah. and until I had a child. And I just, I was, I was, I just decided I wanted to try to do things a little different, but even now, you know, I just still don't really know. And to hear you talk about how you want to do your artistic practice is, is very inspiring. So yeah, thank you so much. And um, do you just want to tell me um, as we as we start to wrap this up, because I know you have to go. Um, do you want to tell me something just a little bit about um, like where you, where people can can go and hear your music and and maybe even if you have a website where you post where you're playing things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the best. Yeah. I think the best place for people to kind of learn more about me would just be my website, which is my name, mayakarenmusic.com. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I guess the next, the next thing that I'm really looking forward to is I have, I have a show in New York at, at the rescheduled winter jazz fest on, on June 16th. Um, and, and other than that, you know, I'm, I'm just living my life. So <laughs> yeah amazing yeah I'm looking forward also for people to um to hear your music because I got to hear it and it's really amazing so yeah do you plan on putting an, a record out or right now I have I have a few ideas brewing but you know nothing in like the very immediate future but I think I, I'm thinking about you know maybe recording with with this band that I'm playing with in in a week at, at the at the Winter Jazz Fest and also just trying to think about like maybe making like a small album of songs or or you know kind of like songs and, and piano pieces and improvisations so we'll see we'll see where that leads cool I'm looking forward your music is really beautiful thank you Maria <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Like Mycelium. This is Maria Grand. If you would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash Maria Kim Grand. The songs you have heard are off of my album Reciprocity. The first one is Creation, A Home in Mind, part of the Creation Suite. The second one is Creation Matricens. And the last one that you just heard is called Wabri. And this is Savannah Harris on the drums and Kanoa Mendenhall on the bass and myself on tenor saxophone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.